Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Hollis Citrin. She's the owner and founder of I Am Creative and also the owner and founder of Express Yourself Publishing. How are you doing today, Hollis? Thank you for being here. I am good. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me. I really appreciate it. It is my honor and my pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time to be here today and share a little bit about your story and your journey with us today. So thank you. I appreciate you. So let's jump right in. Hollis, as I mentioned, you're the owner and founder of I Am Creative. You are the owner and founder of Express Yourself Publishing. I see a theme here, a common thread, expressing yourself and finding your own creative voice. What does creativity mean to you? How do you define that word? I define it as your voice and your expression. It's basically how you show up. It's who you are. It's on a deeper level, just all these aspects of yourself. Yes. So one of my taglines is, is it goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. And my mission is just really so much. I'm so passionate about helping people see and understand that it is not about, yes, there are the, you know, there are the people that that's their thing and they express themselves in that way. And that's wonderful, but I'm here to expand this definition so people can see themselves within it. And because it's really empowering. Absolutely. Now, you say you're on a mission to make creativity accessible to everyone by exposing new possibilities. Why have you decided to make this your personal mission and why is it so personally important to you? So I, as far as titles go, I have been an art teacher for 30 years. So I have taught in many, many different spaces with literally ages from two to 100. I didn't know I was going to go into this. It kind of found me and it just is very natural. And I've always been there per se for the underdog. It's just always been who I am and and what I stand for. So Mm -hmm. I feel like expression, I feel like creativity using that word, but I'm going to kind of replace it with the word expression is within everyone. And I'm just so passionate about empowering people because I've seen people's lives change because of it. My life has changed because of it. But in all of the people that I've interacted with, over all of these years in in all of these settings, my teachings have not always been in the traditional spaces of the public, private, or charter schools. That is a portion of it. I've done like artists in residencies, um, professional developments, working in homeless shelters. I've worked in lots of alternative kind of spaces um, and having my own businesses besides this one. So it's just, I get so excited and so lit up (laughs) when I see that, you know, it's kind of cheesy to say, but that light bulb go on, but it's real. It's real. Cause I know you've seen it too. Yes, absolutely. It's an incredible thing to witness. It's, it's hard to put into words, but it is truly beautiful when you see someone's light go on the eye, the light in their eyes 
go on, it's, it's an amazing feeling to know that you had a hand in that, in helping that light bulb turn on. It's really, truly amazing. And they literally stand up straighter or sit up, mm-hmm. up straighter, yeah. whichever it is. Like there's a change in posture. There's a change in how you hold your head because the body language is very, if we're feeling not so great, there's literally an internal yeah. motion. Mm-hmm. But when you're feeling more confident and when you're feeling like you actually have purpose and something to offer to the world, yeah. which is really what we're searching for, we're physically and emotionally and spiritually more open. Yeah, that shift, definitely. Now, you mentioned your your mantra, creativity goes beyond the pencil and paint. What does that mean to you? And how do you live by that mantra? Again, being an art teacher and all of that kind of stuff, and you say your niceties of what you do, people immediately are just like, there would be like a physical shift of, <laughs> I don't know how to draw or paint. Yeah. Like, like because that's societally so much of what represents being a quote unquote artist or a creative person. Right. So I honestly, I went to art school and I'm not great at drawing and painting. Like, that's not my expression. I'm more three dimensional. I actually studied ceramics. Um, okay. But that's kind of where it comes from is, first of all, it came in a download, that, right. that um, mantra. I was meditating one day and it, it came to me in a download. But that's what it represents is for people to understand that it's a more expansive definition. And I live it by really just recognizing that every moment is an expression. <laughs> it's like literally waking up, what clothes I decided to put on my body, yeah. what my morning routine might look like, what my hair looks like. If I'm wearing makeup, if I'm not wearing makeup, what kind of earrings am I going to wear today? Because I love earrings. And <laughs> earrings are like, what am I feeling? How am I going to express today? And what, how am I, what drink am I going to make in the morning? And it's just, you know, I could go on and on, but each of those moments is an expression is an expression of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know you had your own personal experience in art school when you were a student with one of your teachers. Can you share a bit about that and what kind of effect that had on you? And did it make you want to never create art again? Or did it just add fuel and make you want to show them that, hey, I can do this and I'll show you? Yeah, thank you for that. So basically, everybody, what happened was freshman year in art school, you need to take foundations. So which means you need to you have drawing, you have 3D, and then whatever the other one was 2D design. So they'd be like six hour classes and just really intense. So in this drawing class, the teacher, we were drawing from a still life, and she came over to my drawing. And she would go around and she'd make corrections right onto your paper. And it just really annoyed me. Not because I felt like it was right. I just felt like I wasn't learning if she did it directly on the paper. So I was really shy. I was just kind of like, I just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. So I, I was shaking, literally. I was purple. And I said to her, she came over to me and I said, could you please not draw on my paper? Could you do it on another piece and show me? Yeah. And she looked at me and said, I don't think you're good enough to do it on your own. Wow. And then, and then I said, well, I didn't ask you if I was good enough. I just asked you to, to draw on another piece. of Yeah. Paper. And then I took a little break because I was literally like, I was uh-huh. shaking here. I was, I was like 19 years old yeah. and I'm like standing up to this teacher and um, I went into the hallway and all these other people were like, oh, good job. Good job saying something. I was like, 
where were you? Yeah, exactly. You know she does it. You know yeah. she does this. Well, they had they had to have someone else speak up for them, right? They were probably all feeling the same way as you. They just didn't have the guts like you did. So I guess so. It didn't stop me from doing it. I never saw myself as a wonderful drawer. So mm-hmm. as we know things get kind of planted, seeds get planted, yeah. things get said. And this is what I have seen over and over again. And I know you've seen it in your world most probably is that people get told things when they're younger. And then when we get to be adults, that's usually how professional development goes. They'll say, how many people were told that they weren't good at something? And the hands, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the hands go up and one person was hysterical to me. It wasn't funny in the moment because he was really, really angry. Yeah. He was just, he was in his forties and he he just went back to middle school and he was just like my teacher every piece that I created blew up and it was only my piece and he was just that was his perspective <laughs> of seeing this when as we know anybody who works with Claire it's not the the teachers or whoever is putting it into the kilns it, it's not your fault it's yeah you know or there are air bubbles in the clay and all this kind of stuff so anyway we resolved that because mm-hmm. I was working with clay with him and saying many, many prayers over the kiln, like hoping <laughs> that it would not blow up and this could be resolved and fixed in this lifetime. And um, he did get his piece back whole. So that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are your thoughts? Because I mean, you've taught in this arena and you've also attended and, and been a student. What are your thoughts now on formal and educational training for the arts? Is this something that you feel is absolutely necessary or you have more of the mind that you don't need to have that academia training to be an artist? It's a good question. And I think it varies. Depends on what purposes I think that you are doing it for. I think it is. So let me go back to like school and having art in the schools in general. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really imperative Yeah, because it's an expression that needs to be um, put out there. And even if children or anybody's being resistant, they need the exposure to it. Right. Uh, I can't say how many times I've had kids who were pushing and pushing and pushing against me, but in the end they were like, I'll never forget you. So they needed that. So as far as like an art school kind of training, I think if somebody is within that realm of wanting to learn more about it, I think it is a good thing because it's more immersive. You're exposed to more things than you would be on your own. If that is something that you feel is a good fit. If you're kind of like, it is something I want to do more full time, but I want to just kind of do it on my own and do it in my own way. Then you do that. If it's Mm -hmm. something I do once in a while and just kind of take classes here and there or meet up with people that I resonate with and feel like I can learn from or collaborate with, then you do that. So I don't know if that answers exactly. I think it just kind of varies on, it doesn't have to be a one size fits all. Right. I think that more in the younger formative years, I think that art is very necessary for kids, whether it be music, painting, drawing, all of that stuff. I think that has to be part of the curriculum for sure. I guess I was more gearing it towards after high school, like university or college art classes, as opposed to high school and and middle school and elementary school. I think that is the arena where it's absolutely necessary. I think it's a an integral part for kids to to delve into art and learn to how to express themselves through creativity for sure. Yeah, it is because you see so many kids who wouldn't necessarily be good in another area really perform 
formal in this and it, it empowers them and just kind of changes the trajectory in a lot of different ways because they're seen in a better light. But to answer your question, you know, more so about the after for university, I think it's very much a, a personal thing. I right. feel like there's a lot of pressure put yeah. on going to university and, yes. and I don't think that it has to be, but there are some people that feel like, yes, I want to be, I, I was happy that I went for undergrad Right. When I went for grad, that was kind of like, uh, I didn't necessarily honestly need that. But for, for undergrad, I met wonderful people who really nurtured me and exposed me to a lot of different things that I would not have known. Now, what set you on this path of creativity and helping people find the creativity within them? How did your journey begin? Like I said, I mean, I think, I mean, if you go back a little bit further, I guess if I'm acting like I'm sitting on a therapy chair, not telling (laughs) all. (laughs) So my brother is handicapped and my brother um, was born with brain damage and cannot speak. Okay. So he's not mute, but there's an impairment in his speech. Right. So when I gave you my definition of creativity is expression, creativity is your voice. I was always kind of standing up for him. Right. In a sense. And I was always really tiny and ready to beat the heck out of anybody <laughs> who bothered him, <laughs> even though he didn't need it. So it's funny when you hear from your friends and things of, I didn't see myself as that artist. I wasn't the class, you know, oh, it annoys me so much when people are like, oh, well, you're the class artist. Oh my God, that makes my skin <laughs> crawl. <laughs> Because that's, it's just that categorizing and that labeling. But then hearing from some of my friends, they were like, oh, you always did this. You always, you know, did this in this way. And I, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. But I think more so it was a different way of thinking. So even silly little things like going to a movie with my friend and my friend was like, did you like it? And I was like, I'm not sure. She's like, what do you mean you're not sure? I'm like, because <laughs> I needed time for it to process and kind yeah. of sink in. And then about a day later, I was like, I liked it. She was like, like what? I'm like, I like the movie. She's like, you're so weird. <laughs> so, so I think there was like always this kind of out of the boxness, this differentness. Right. And then it was just kind of like a journey into the universe presenting that I was going to be teaching. And as much as it scared me again, because I was so shy and I was like, I'm going to be in front of people like sharing this stuff or encouraging them or empowering them really and I was like okay yeah let's <laughs> so, do this <laughs> let's, let's just do this and there is one particular story that really really it's interesting these things that happen in your life that I don't even remember his name um, and I hope he's still alive honestly yeah. it was in New York and it was in the 90s and I was doing an artist in residency in this um, school in Brooklyn and he was a selective mute so he never okay. spoke. It was a kindergarten class, yeah. never spoke. So there, it was an inclusion class. So there was a special ed, a general ed teacher. So I would come in once a week for three months and present a project. We would do hands-on and then we'd have a sharing time, right. which was the order of the class. So anyway, long story short, he wanted to share on a particular day. Okay. So he actually raised his hand. One of the teachers was horrible. He was a screamer. That's all he did at them. So you have to imagine five and six-year-olds. Yeah. And he was this big towering man that just screamed. So this little boy raised his hand and the teacher said, you want to talk? You want to talk. Wow. You never want to talk. <laughs> he goes, fine, talk. I was like, oh my God. That's horrific. I'm standing. Isn't that? So I'm standing in the middle of the room and I'm just like, okay, Hollis, 
I'm in my later 20s. This isn't my class. Yeah. Like I'm trying to figure out how I handle the situation. This poor little boy's body language is completely sinking in. So I went over to him. I picked up his artwork. I held it up and I said, who would like to tell him something that they like about his work? Kids started kind of like commenting. (laughs) And then we cleaned up. And I bent down next to him and I said at the end before I left, yeah. I said, sweetie, what did you what did you want to say? And he whispered in my ear, I like the color blue. Wow. And this teacher just destroyed him. Destroyed him. And I just thought, oh my God, this kid got excited about something. Yeah. He wanted to share something. Everything in my world goes back to this. He was trying to express himself. And I just hope. I hope that he was given like some kind of cushion throughout his life. He lived in a really rough area. I I don't know. So it's these moments that that going back to the nineties. So that sounds like a really long time ago, (laughs) but it's just, it's just like, you know, 25 years ago with a boy, I don't even remember his name. And I'm like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing because nobody should be shut down because everybody should feel safe. And everybody has something to say. Absolutely. Now, you say that we are born with innate creativity. And this is something I've thought about a lot. When it comes to artists, athletes, musicians, all of that, that whole world. Do you think that some people, are people really just born with a natural ability? Or is it something that if you're not born with it, you can learn like practice and hone and eventually become artistic? I mean, some people are just born with that insane ability to be creative when i think of musicians like a um a beethoven or an eddie van halen or a picasso or like they just they just have it they don't not that they don't need to practice but it's like they're born with a a little bit more than than everybody else is they're given that extra special gift i mean there are certain athletes artists musicians that have an exceptional skill level which are few and far between but i think i think personally most anyone can be taught and learn and become an artist to a certain degree, but I don't even think that with the practice and the honing the skill, I don't think they can match that skill level that that select few in the world that are just born with that natural innate talent. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with what you're saying is that there are people that are just born with it. I think that if somebody really wants to learn something, I feel like with practice and with Mm. trial and error, and I feel like people can gain skills yeah in whatever that is i i have seen people just determination determination is huge if somebody really if you have a mindset of i really want to do this i don't know the how but i really want to get to this point i feel like you will get there if you if you are open to it but i guess i kind of want to go back for like what my mission is is that i'm talking to the business person i'm talking to the scientists I'm talking to the real estate agent because I want to see them in this definition of creativity, which they never have seen themselves in. They don't have to come over to the side of, of the visual arts and the expression in that way. I want them to be able to stand on their feet while they're around a business table, while they're using their communication skills to be able to realize that they're literally sculpting a scenario because they are using their imagination of an idea that they have and bringing it into 
formation that a scientist who is looking through a microscope and creating cures and all of these things that when they are looking and doing what they're doing, that they can realize that they are in this process of creation and expression. I want to bring them into the definition so they can, so they can see them. It's, it's a life changer. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. It's funny because people, you mentioned scientists and real estate agents and creating and forming these ideas. People don't think of that. When you hear the word art or creativity, people don't think of those people. They think of musicians, actual art, like painters and and sculptors and things like that. They don't think about those people. And I would say most people don't think that way which is very interesting. And that's what you're trying to do in terms of opening up and broadening people's viewpoint on what art and creativity are an expression of that. I'm about the expression. Yes, I've had all of this art training and all of this, but this is where I kind of want to bring it in is bringing it to people. I have this incredible friend who's like a sister and she is an incredible second grade teacher. Like the kind where you would like, want your kid to be in that class because she she creates community. She's having the kids use their imagination all of the time. She teaches in alternative ways, like kinesthetically to really have the kids sensorily to get the kids to understand and really engage with what they're learning. She's always taken art classes outside. She's, she really enjoys knitting. She enjoys um, book clubs. She enjoys jewelry classes. Like she enjoys all these things to better herself and express herself, but she never really felt she's like, something's missing. But then when she realized that teaching is her creativity, she was like, oh my God, that's like a life changer. (laughs) She felt like she felt like a weight was lifted off her shoulders because she felt like she was looking for something which it was there the whole time, but she wasn't acknowledging it. So that's what I'm talking about is giving people that acknowledgement that what they're doing is so expressive that they don't always, yes, go go to those, do those other things because they fill you up because they're sure. nurturing. Because, yeah. But understand that what you're doing is offering a ton out into the world. Beautiful. I love it. Now, I hear a lot of people say they don't have a creative bone in their bodies. It's just not who they are or within them. What do you say to people that say that to you? How do you deal with that? Usually, uh, it's kind of like meeting people where they are. So it's like, what do you like to do? And, oh, well, I like to skydive. Well, oh my God. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, talk about bravery. Talk about all the steps that you have to do in order to do that. Like, that's an expression. That's like freedom. How does that feel when you're up there? So it's kind of like I distract people from this whole traditional definition and meet them where they are and get them excited about talking about what they do or what they're interested in. And then their body language changes and then they start to be like, it's a big shift. Then it's like, you know, if, if they're in business, oh, well, what do you, what do you like about doing that? Do you like talking to people? Do you like the paper aspect? Do you like, you know, the paperwork? I mean, and then say, well, that's actually really expressive. That's, that's your zone. Yeah. That's your, and that's what, that's what creativity is. It's that zone. It's that flow where you lose that aspect of time. So it's different for different for everybody everybody. yeah absolutely again it's just a very different way of looking at things that people don't like i said people don't normally think when they think creativity and and art and expression 
They don't think of scientists or real estate agents or business people for that matter, right? So it's just a very different way. I love it. It's a great way to look at things and help people realize that, you know what, you are creative. It's just in a different way. That's all. It's not your standard art creativity. Exactly. That's amazing. I love it. (laughs) You have spent the last 30 years helping people access their creative expression. Why is this so personally important to you to help people with this? It just, it, you know, when you do something, it just lights you up. It's just, it feels so good. It feels so good to work with people and observe people and just kind of learn from people. And I love that connection. I'm very much about connection and community and um, wanting to be able to help be part of that process if they're open to it. Even if they're not open to it, still being part of the process. I mean, I I had students who would like this one particular student, he he wasn't rude about it, but Mm -hmm. he would say, every day, Mr. John, I don't want to be here. He's in that in high school. I'm like, look, can we move past this? Like you're <laughs> you got to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you're here. You're, you're earning, like, you got to get the credit. I yeah. get it. I know that you're into sports. Like that's your thing. So let's like meet in the middle here. So how can we create an order based off of something that you're interested in? I'm not going to keep pushing something on you that you don't want to do, but at the same time, you're going to have to meet me somewhere here. So you tell me more that you're interested in. I will make suggestions because that's not your area per se of thinking. Yep. So anyway, he finally, he'd start to kind of, you know, get into a groove. And when he graduated, you know, he gave me a hug and he said, I'll never forget you. So that's powerful. It's it's those moments where it was, for me, it felt uphill, 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 but then you don't always, which I was very grateful that I actually got to hear and see it. Cause as you know, when you're in this space, trying to create change and empower people, yeah. you don't always hear and see it, the results. That's right. um, yes. So I was very lucky and grateful for him to hear those words exit his mouth. And yeah. I just started to cry, of course. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's beautiful yeah, though. Powerful. I mean, it's just reinforcement and affirmation that what you're doing makes a difference and it matters right yeah and that's huge because as you said you don't always see that you don't get to see the fruits of your labor all the time so to actually get that feedback and hear it it just it's amazing I mean, there's like a gazillion stories real quickly. There's another girl who she was rough. I've predominantly worked in underserved communities. So you just didn't know. I only went in every other week to this one particular school and it was an eighth grade class and never knew how her behavior was going to be on a particular day. She could break out into a fight or whatever. So they had to create their own business and what they were going to sell. So we did this multi-step process of coming up with the name, drawing it out and creating a product. And she pulled me over at one point and she said, Miss Hitron, I'm just a little stuck. I don't know what to create. I don't know what to call it. So we kind of brainstormed a little things and a few things. Then I went up to the front of the class and to get them started. And literally all of a sudden she just straightened up (laughs) and her face just kind of like lit up. Yeah. And I just, I looked at her and I said, you have it. And she went, <laughs> <laughs> she, she went, yeah, because 
I explained it. I'm like, she's like, I just don't know. I said, you know, when you're excited about something and you get that like butterfly feeling in your stomach, that's when you know that you're on the right track or that it feels good. So yeah, her body posture just, and she, she got it. So again, it was like witnessing and that's, yeah. to me, that's life-changing. That's it. What would you say is the most challenging part of the work you do helping people tap into or find their creative voice? Having people get out of their own way <laughs> <laughs> and just see the validity of it. Yeah. Because when you hear that word creativity, which honestly, it's, it's kind of like me working to use different words for people to understand because people put creativity into that box. It's people understanding the validity of how powerful and how important it is for them. Yeah. And making time for it because it's a life changer. So I think that that's, that's the biggest challenge, which I am up for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's a huge one though. I mean, we all, we all get caught in our own heads and that noise, that internal noise, that's the worst. That's worse than external noise from doubters and haters. And so I think that if you can jump that hurdle of the internal then you're, you're laughing all the way to the bank. Once you can get past that, the external noise, that's nothing. So that's a walk in the park. Because how many times have people said to you or, or you thought like, would you be friends with that person of yeah. how you talk to yourself? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That person's, that person's really mean. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't be friends, I wouldn't be friends with them. But we still continue to do it though. We still continue to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah. It's crazy. What inspires you to create art? And when you're creating, where do you pull your inspiration from? It really varies. I like to, I am an observer. So I like to kind of just watch and listen and things kind of resonate. So for example, I've been creating for me outside of creating, you know, every day is, you know, the business and my family and everything, those experiences, my physical artwork that I do as an expression for myself. I realized I look back at my sketchbooks from years and years ago that I was amazed by street signs and street signs have just, uh, they just, when I traveled in Europe, I was taking pictures of street signs when I was here in the States. So anyway, I started a series all of a sudden I was like, well, what am I going to do with them? And how is it going to look? And it's kind of like this process that's just kind of sketch things out, think about it. Well, then all of a sudden I landed on a one-way sign. And I was like, I really like one-way signs. I was like, why don't I do like a series of 20 one-way signs on this, these pieces of wood that I found and make 20 different ones that kind of become more abstract the more I create them in different mediums. It's just kind of, it's very, it just kind of flows so it's, it's again, kind of when you get into that state, you lose that sense of time. So it's resonating with that thing that means something. And then it just kind of expands and organically turns into expands. Yeah. A whole other thing. Yeah. Love it. Can you tell us a bit about your, I am creative business and how long ago you started that? So four years ago, whatever that is, 21, I'm not going to count on my fingers right now. When I, I left teaching almost four years ago, the official classroom. Yeah. So I kind of had at, and I did this because my daughter kind of challenged me. Um, she asked why I was so mad at everything. So when I left and I started, I am creative, which was like four years ago. It was like, I want to work with adults in this whole adulting thing. 
and why we are so busy all the time and deny <laughs> ourselves joy and happiness. So I, uh, I started off with these experiential kits that I create. So uh, ones that can be purchased, ones that I can actually work with somebody. I can talk to somebody and be like, what do you actually enjoy? Yeah. And create a kit for them that has everything in it so they don't have to think about it and be overwhelmed. They can just get in and use it. I created a program called Your Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. So I am creative was just creating this space for adults to be able to explore, express, and expand. And then the podcast kind of grew out of it, which I've had for about the same amount of time that's been, it's had a few different iterations. First, it yeah. was in writing, then it, then it was Facebook Lives, and now it's a live audio podcast. And which completely supported the mission of expanding the definition. So yeah. on the podcast, I have spoken to about 200 people at this point, ranging from physicists, lawyers, doctors, Reiki masters, just everybody. Oh, damn it. Asking the same three questions. Creativity. Asking the same three questions. How do you define creativity? Mm-hmm. How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? And I can't tell you how many people have said, well, I've thought about this question and (laughs) I've never really thought of it that deeply until you asked me about it. And I wasn't exactly sure. And, but nobody has defined creativity as being a visual artist. Everybody has defined it as something innate and deeper about life. Creativity is courage. Creativity is that magic spark. Creativity is how you show up in the world. Creativity is giving yourself permission to do the things you enjoy. Hmm. Interesting. Can you share with us a bit about your publishing company, Express Yourself, and how the journey into the world of writing and publishing came to be for you? So interesting. So it's been about a little over a year, and I never thought that this was going to be a way that I was going to go. (laughs) Never. I was in a multi-author book, and I just really love the community. I love the space. I love the opportunity of in this having 3,000 words to share and not be completely overwhelmed. And all I had to do was write. And it was everything else was taken care of for me. (laughs) which I know you're in the process yeah. with as well. And it's, it felt so good. And then some time went by and anyway, to make a long story short, it just kind of presented. And I just felt like, you know what, this is a natural extension of people expressing themselves. Yeah. And it's very important for me about the safe space for people to have a safe space to feel expressive and be able to share their stories. And it just, again, it just felt very natural. And I'm just so excited to work with both solo authors and contributors in the multi-author space. It's amazing. I mean, I never would have dreamed that I would be writing. I mean, writing was something, yeah, I did. I wrote blog posts for my photography website and things like that, but it's a very different thing. It's a different world getting into that but the community that has that is built and created out of that with all the other authors who are part of a multi-author it's just an incredible feeling and the support that you get and it's absolutely amazing truly and i think it's it's about again this is another space like you said you you have experience with writing in this particular way, for me, it's people that don't necessarily consider themselves to be writers. It's giving them a chance to realize something more expansive about themselves and realize that they do have a story. And 
you know, it's just that's, that's game. a big part of it though, is because you hear so many people say, well, I don't have anything to say. What I don't have a story. Yes. Everybody has everybody on the face of this earth has a story worth hearing. There is somebody out there yes. that will resonate with your story. Not everybody, but there are people out there who will. And that's a huge part of it is getting over that. And again, that goes back to the internal story that we tell ourselves and the way we speak to ourselves. Right. So. Yep, exactly. Couldn't agree more. What is your favorite form of, or way of expressing your creativity? Again, it's, it's just, it depends on the mood. So if it's in the way I, I'm really working on the, how I dress to show up more in the way that how I feel inside matches on the outside. Right. So that's an example of a way yeah. that I, I want to express myself more creatively with my hair. At times I went through stages that I had purple in my hair. I had blue in my hair. I had red in my hair and it would just depend. That was a way of expressing how I was feeling um, with my family. There are things that how we interact, things that we do or if we're hanging out, if we decide to go do something, that's an expression of, yeah. of how we can interact and connect because it's so much about connection um, sure. in, all, in all of this. If I'm doing my visual art, then it's what feels good yeah. and what I feel like I'm not pushing against and what's coming, even though it's not always easy per se, but it's like, okay, admittedly, like I was a few weeks ago, I was just in a mood where I was just getting all caught up in emotion and getting caught up in my head. Yeah. And I was like, stop it, Hollis. Like, <laughs> put on, grab what I'm working on, Yeah. sit at my table, put on a romantic comedy that I've seen a gazillion times so I can kind <laughs> of zone out. Yeah. And just, and just like get into it, like move and get into it. And I felt better. Yeah. Within five minutes, all of a sudden, I was just like, like in that state. You're in the zone. So it's just in the zone. So whatever that looks like. To date, what would you say is your biggest hire, your greatest win? Hmm. Honestly, having our kids be more open and willing to try new things. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Sometimes to my detriment, but (laughs) having empathy. <laughs> having empathy and being a listener. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Success means being happy. <laughs> success means being authentic. It means showing up for who you are and not caring what other people think and truly meaning that when you say that. Yeah. Like it's just it's just being and just feeling joy like that's success. That's what life's all about is finding that joy, finding what makes you happy. We only get yeah. one shot at this life. So you might as well do your damn best to, to make it a good one and be happy while you're doing it. Because there's so many people out there that aren't, that are miserable. And that's sad so, to me. Right? It is. And it's not always easy. It's not no. like, I'm not sitting here saying that everything is rainbows and butterflies because it's not, but it's being able to me is being able to stand in those moments. And honestly, it's a learning curve and a learning process of standing in those moments and being like, yep, it's kind of a shit storm. Like there's yeah, a lot going on, but, absolutely. but I feel connection to myself. I feel connection to others that I care about and want to be in my world. I'm surrounded by people. I surround myself by people that lift me up. 
yeah that don't bring me down that can pull me there i have those three people on my phone that i can yeah. reach out to and be like i am feeling really low right now i need i i, I like i need you and they're there that's yeah. important in life for sure to have that support system it's so yeah. key yeah what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? That even if it scares you, it's learning what that scare means. It's if it's the scare where it really feels like it's harmful, yeah. then you don't do it. Yeah. But if it's that scare that scares the shit out of you, but excites you, then that's where you're like, okay, we're doing this. So it's like when it presented as, you know, when the universe was saying you're going to teach and I'm like, yeah. seriously, and then <laughs> you're going to do professional developments for up to 40 people who on how to incorporate art into the art classroom. I'm like, seriously, I turn purple when people look at me, but what would happen was I would make a joke out of it. I got to a point where I'm like, look, if I turn various shades of red, I'm not having a stroke. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's just what happens to me and let's move on. And people yeah. laugh and we're done. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like these things, which I guess it's, then I realized here, like I want to speak on stages and I have this mission where I just want to like get it out to the world. I have a TV show now it scares the hell out of me, but I'm like, it's bigger than me. It's not yeah. about me. Yeah. It's not about me, Hollis. It's about the mission and it's about how can we do this. So that's been the learning curve in the process. The bigger purpose. Yeah. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? <laughs> this is what just jumped into my head. This is a little different <laughs> about <laughs> marriage. <laughs> <laughs> my mom said, you're not always going to like them. <laughs> <laughs> she said, in fact, sometimes you're going to hate him. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to wonder why did I marry him? But yeah. then he's going to do that thing mm -hmm. that reminds you why you did. So my husband and I have been together for 33 years and that was the best advice to me because I love romantic comedies, but life is not <laughs> all a romantic comedy. Yes. And there's a, there's a lot of ebbs and flows and it's just, it was just really great to hear those words. <laughs> <laughs> what is your personal motto? What is my personal motto? Hmm. What the hell? Just do it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what does the word empowerment mean to you, Hollis? It means authenticity because you can stand in, you're comfortable with who you are. You're comfortable in that way because it has to start with you. So when you feel the power within, yeah. then anything can happen and you can be grounded enough to be, you get to deal with it. And show up. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. 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 How would you describe yourself in one word? Brave. How would you like to be remembered? Giving. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? It's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> what would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? Caring, cheerleader, and listener. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? You can do it. <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? 
love. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their eyes. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Disconnection. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Hmm. Unexpected. I think actually so much of the pushing against that I had for so long and me kind of getting caught up in that emotion of it taught me so much because when I was able to kind of separate from yeah. that, the lessons were just friggin' huge and has taught me so much, so much. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My kids have really had a really big impact on me. And I think because they're mirrors and I really um, just learn so much by watching them and they're very vocal, both of them. So they can really stand up and call me on my shit. (laughs) (laughs) And also as to what I'm saying, and they listen to what I'm thinking about and what I say that I want to do. And if I'm not doing it, they're like, what are you doing? So they're accountability for you. They really are accountability and they just, yeah, they've just, they taught me so, they really taught me so much. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman in the world, any woman, it could be anybody, any woman, who would it be and why? Yeah, I thought about this and I thought of a few different people, but then I was like, I'd like to sit down with my grandmother, my mother's mom. Yeah. Because I never knew her. And we share a birthday and I just, and I would like to be able to find out information from her for my mom. Cause my mom doesn't remember much because of childhood stuff. So yeah, yeah. Like I would, I'd say my maternal grandmother. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You're going to do bigger things than you ever thought. You're actually going to get on stages and talk <laughs> and you're going to be okay. <laughs> you got this. You got this. You got this. Lastly, Hollis, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that 30 seconds sound like? What would you say or what words of wisdom would you impart? Again, creativity goes beyond the traditional idea and own your talents, own your voice. You have something to say. You are worthy. You will make impact on so you do make impact on so many every day. Just recognize it and use your power for good. Thank you so much, Hollis. It was an absolutely wonderful conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. And I'm so grateful to have had you here on the show today and speak with you and learn a bit more about who you are and what you do. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. And I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you so much for all that you do. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world. And thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Brad. And thank you so much for all those kind words and creating the space and being who you are and giving people the safe, nurturing space to feel expressive and to truly listen and uh, hear people and recognize people. And you're wonderful. So thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh. I am your host of the Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Hollis Citron. She is the owner and founder of I Am Creative, as well as the owner and founder of express yourself publishing. Thanks so much, Hollis. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Bye everybody. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. 
You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.